Welcome to the Boss Effect Podcast, podcast that helps you comfortably rock in life and business. The show where you learn what it takes to be your own boss, your one-stop shop for tips, tools, and resources, your sweet spot for digital online business startup. When you are looking for your next step in life and business, we've got you covered. Where emerging entrepreneurs come to level up their game. With your hosts, powerhouse performance couple, expert leaders, Sean Seven and Queen Kimmy. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of The Boss Effect. And today we have a very, very special guest in the building. He's Helen from Louisville, Kentucky. He's an AAR slash manager. And he's also a special friend of mine. So I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on his intro before I tell you who he is. This cat was an artist slash producer when we were just teenagers. He just had a dream, ran with it, and took himself to New York in four years, built up his reputation, came back home to Kentucky, gave that game and that knowledge to a lot of young cats and a lot of his peers. And today, he's very, very, very respected in the game, and he's also a very great mentor. He goes by the name of, for me, I call him Wu John. Y'all might know him as John Wu. Wu John, what's up, man? Welcome to the boss. What's up, my brother? What's up, man? I appreciate that, man. You know, appreciate that. You got a long history, man. Wu John. <laughs> They're gonna start calling me that, man. Yeah, I just got school today, y'all. This has been my boy forever, and I known him as Wu John. So the industry know him as John Wu. So we so I stand corrected, John Wu. But if anybody ever see us together, he's gonna always Thanks. be Wu John to me. I was not gonna let anybody know that you got schooled today and just found out that it was <laughs> John Wu instead of Wu John. But since you told on yourself, yeah, just shows our history, man. That was before anything. And you know what? I tell everybody when I when I talk about you, man, is how you got the name exactly. Is because he, you got all these cats in, in that area. It was like melting pot because of the military base. So everybody was listening to all different types of music. But Wu, he would come through with. Wu-Tang or Nas or somebody from the East Coast when everybody else was bumping like the South. I was actually on the rise at that time. Oh, I like that. Wu, did you want to do artistry and be an A&R? Like, was that your intent? Sean can attest to this, but I thought I was going to be a rapper. We used to rap all the time. I think even that's why me and Sean clicked so well back then. I was one of the only people where I'm from who would bump nothing but East Coast music, like Nas, Mob Deep, you know, Tribe Called all of that stuff. Sean was like that too. I used to rap, write rhymes in high school. I used to go around different neighborhoods and rap, you know. We used to battle each other, at least what we thought was battling. When did you, know? you switch to management? Well, I switched to being a producer first because where we were from, we didn't. it wasn't like a lot. You know, this is back in what, 90s, right, Sean? 90, something like 95, something like that. Back then, there was no producers. Like, you didn't. you could just pull up on a producer. Like, today, there's producers everywhere, right? Because we used to just get instrumentals. That's, as a matter of fact, my first song I ever recorded was to exhibit a uh, paparazzi instrumental on a karaoke machine. I realized I wanted to do original records. And so I would get these music magazines and I would see they had beat machines. And, uh, you know, I ended up getting a beat machine and started making beats. And the first night that I got it, uh, you, you remember those old, uh, not sweatpants, they were uh, the, the, the plastic gym pants you know what i'm talking about they were like real thin but they were like the plastic like the windbreaker type pants uh i remember i sat in the chair for so long figuring out that beat machine 
that by the time I got up, the paint off of the pants was stuck to the chair, peeled off of my pants. So, you know, I was like, yeah, I was sitting in that chair probably for a good 17 hours just learning it and making beats. And that that was it for me. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be a producer. So through the production thing, this is the short version. We can get into details later. But through the production, I ended up meeting a few key people. Uh, one of the main people was Wendy Day. And uh, she showed us how to do a marketing strategy. And then she went on the road with us for a couple of weeks and actually did it with us. And uh, I saw like results. So for me in the music, it was like, oh, this is how you, it was kind of one of those moments where it's like a light bulb went off and it was like, oh, this is how you do it. You know what I'm saying? And I got in tune with the business side of it and I just attached myself to it. So I just learned the business side of it. I had a lot of relationships just through all of the things that I've achieved. And when I came across an artist that I, at the time when I was kind of like not doing music as much and wanting to pass that information on, I found an artist that I could, I was, I felt like, man, I could really pull in all these relationships I got and I could utilize it for this one person. That's what I did and ended up getting him signed. So, you know, that's, that's when I knew that, that, that lane was for me. How did your family and your friends, how did they all feel about your new venture in life? How was they supportive of that? Honestly, man, I had a lot of support. You know, like everybody really supported. I had a lot of people that believed that I could get there. You know, uh, I always got bigged up. You know, I, it was always told like, man, you could really make it. You know, I always had those kind of people around me. That's what kind of what kept me going for a long time, you know. But yeah, <clears throat> I had a lot of support. Um, people around me was happy from when I, when I make certain leaps, when I would like do certain things and get certain achievements, it was always praises and blessings. There was never, you know, I never had nobody be funny uh, or nothing like that. I mean, you might have one or two, but for the most part, people has always been happy for me and, and, and you know, grateful that I'm doing what I'm doing. How did your mom and dad take it, man, when you was like, I'm going to pursue a music career? At that time, honestly, I went to New York because I didn't have nowhere to go. I was pretty much sleeping, you know, couch to couch uh, during that time. And uh, I went to New York because I literally had nowhere to go. You know, I was standing outside of a house. We was all hanging out one night and they get a call. Uh, he's like, yo, woo, my our cousin in New York wants to know if you if you want. We told him you make beats and you want. Do you want to go to New York? And at the time, I was like, yeah, because I don't even know where I'm gonna sleep tonight. Me and my parents didn't talk during that time. Like we went through a real rough patch where I, we wasn't speaking. I'd say a pretty dark time for me, and uh, we didn't really have a relationship. And at the time, my father had moved to Mississippi uh, for a job, and my mother went with him. So I was just in, in Radcliffe by myself, and. Uh, I ended up going to cash it. He ended up, when they asked me to go to New York, just ironically, you know, I think this is how the universe works, but uh, he, he just, that same week, he and my dad ended up getting a $350 tax return check to our old address in Radcliffe because I used to still go check the mail. And so I deposited it, I deposited the check into his bank account and he left some old checks in our old house. And I wrote myself out a check and I went back the next day and cashed it out and bought, that was my plane ticket. You know what I'm saying? Cause, cause, uh, hold on one second, sorry. Cause me, cause me and him had the same name and everything. So, but it was a, uh, you know. So I went to New York, man. I ended up in New York. Uh, but they, they didn't really. They was just like they didn't even know. That was the thing. They didn't even know. My parents had no clue until I was there, and my dad didn't get that tag. He was, he was like, "Where's my check at?" I was like, "Uh, well, uh, I'm in New York and." <laughs> He was like, he lost his shit. I was like, man, you better give me my money. You know, so, you know. 
But we all good now, though. Yeah. I used to always wonder, man, because uh, did, didn't your parents have a restaurant and all that in, in Rockland? Yeah, my mom had. Yeah, my mom had that the, the, the Chinese restaurant yeah. we used to eat at and all this time. And yeah, she had that. She had two of them. So uh, not not at the same time, but she ended up she had two restaurants and uh, yeah, we used to go in there and eat. You know, I used to go in there late night, take all my friends, and I would cook chicken fried rice for everybody. <laughs> No fry wings and all that stuff, man. That was the spot. Did y'all have mumbo sauce like in New York? Huh? Did y'all have the mumbo sauce like in New York? Nah, nah. This was just like this was like textbook Chinese uh food. You know what I'm saying? Like the simple, regular you find it at your most basic Chinese restaurant today. Man, let me ask you this. What is your most deep, deeply powerful message that you can give that you want to be left left as um when you leave the earth, man? <clears throat> to know you by um i mean me personally man i think i think i think is for me you know like during that time like just to you know i don't mean to get in a super long story but during that time like i came i come from a very very abusive uh household and you probably never knew that Sean, because i never carried like my stuff like that but it was extremely abusive like very bad you know i've been my, my father was an animal he was a savage you know what i'm saying and uh to me and my mother uh, so that that kind of planted the seed of a lot of hate during that time. And uh, when, uh, you know, I used to hang out with a certain group of guys and, and my parents was like, kind of, I was going, you know, I was getting locked up for stupid, you know, just I would get locked up for a night or two. But, I, you know, I would get all these speeding tickets when my mother, remember, I had the Civic Honda, the car. I didn't take care of the car. I would get tickets and uh, they, they got kicked off their insurance. So one day my, my pops just pulled me in the living room when I was like 17, 18. He was like, yeah, you know, since you want to, since you want to go, you know, hang out with gangbangers and do all this and you just want to keep going to jail and running our insurance up and da, 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 He was like, I tell you what, why don't you, he gave me a plastic bag. He said, take this bag, put all your clothes in it, get out and don't ever come back. Cause he's like, go hang, go have one of them come, come pick you up. And, and secondly, give us the keys to your car because it's not your car no more. So I had to give all that up, got kicked out. And uh, so, you know, I had like a a really bad time. And plus on, on top of that, I was always vindictive about the abuse part. So that kind of like fueled a lot of aggression, a lot of bad decisions. I didn't care about life or nothing. I was just wild. And then when I went to New York, I ended up getting sick one day. And uh, when I got sick, you know, they thought I had spinal meningitis. They did spinal taps. And I don't know if anybody knows what a spinal tap is, but they, they stick a needle in your spine. They pull out brain fluid that keeps you your equilibrium. So while that fluid is empty, you don't have any equilibrium. So you land. I had to lay flat on my back for two weeks in a hospital that nobody knew where I was at. So. One, I got to experience true loneliness because they didn't have like no cable and nothing. It was just me laying on my back in a hospital bed, staring up at the ceiling for, for two weeks. Nobody knew where I was at, no visitors. Uh, I had like one visitor. Um, and then about a week into the hospital stay, they they started checking me and then they concluded that I that I was uh they they concluded that I was HIV positive. Now when the doctor tells me this, at the time I was wilding so bad, I was like, that make a lot of sense. Like, and that's bad when somebody tell you something bad and you like, yeah, you know, that actually, it sounds about right. You know, and so I was just laying there like, yo, that means I gave it to my girlfriend. There's probably a couple of my homies who didn't mess with the data. You know, all of these things running through my mind. And so, uh, 
my my best friend's brother at the time who was going to trying to he was in school for be a preacher he kind of he kind of told me he's like man i don't think you got nothing he said uh i think that you've gone so far off this path that's kind of made for you that you should be trying to stay on that this is the only way to shake you up and you got a choice either you can believe that this is what you got and you can just continue down that road or and they're going to come and find out that you ain't got nothing. And he said, when they do that, you need to check yourself at the hospital. And you need to change your life. I ain't the biggest religious dude, but I cannot deny the fact that that's exactly what happened. They came back a few days later. They started checking me for all kinds. They just kept taking blood one day. And I was like, well, what are y'all doing? And they was like, well, we checking for da-da-da-da. And, I, was, and they, I think one thing that set me off was like, they said, we're trying to see if you got measles. And I was like, what? And so then I was like, really like, what are y'all doing this for? And then it was like, well, for some reason, you know, we went to do some extra checkups on you. And, and now all of a sudden, for some reason, all your blood work is like normal, like nothing's there. And so I was like, man, I want to check out. And so I ended up checking out. Even the doctors was like, look, man, I don't know what happened, but it seemed like you got a new lease on life. And, you know, you need, because, you know, I told them how I was, I had to when they told me that. It, it was like, look, you got a new lease on life you ought to make it um, worthwhile. So the the thing when you asked me earlier about what I think people, uh, what the message I want to get out to people is like, man, the first time in, in, in that very dark period for those two weeks, I didn't think about none of the abuse. I didn't think about all the things that were um, plaguing me, so to say. And all I thought was like, man, it would be cool to see my parents. You know what I mean? Like all of the, because I didn't care about all the, all the other stuff at, at that moment. So what it made me realize is like, man, you really can't, like when you be going through stuff, like you really do have the ability to like, let that go and keep it moving. But you just, but you may not realize it. Sometimes it takes something worse to happen to you to make you be like, you know, oh, that other thing ain't, ain't as bad as I thought it was, yeah. you know? So, you know, so I guess my message would be to, to Tell people that like you got something that's weighing you down. You gotta let go of that. Like you gotta get get rid of your ego. Uh, you gotta learn to do what's best for business and not what's best for your emotions, and learn how to make better decisions and learn how to shape your perception to to where you can see things in more in a, more in a positive light. Even when bad things happen to you, it's always some, something positive yep. in it. So, I'm bad. That's a long story. You glad you said something about uh, your business. You being in the in the music business. I know, I ain't gonna say I know, I'm, I'm gonna ask you, cause I ain't gonna say I know. Do you do you get this a lot from a lot of, a lot of people that you that you come in contact with, man, that you see them and you be like, man, they can go so far, but they got their ego in the way. Yeah, uh, that's like, man, the ego, like that's like the number one thing. You know what I mean? Like this whole business is divided into, in my opinion, into like two people, people that, stay focused and pro progress or people that get caught up in their ego and want, want to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of artists who, if it, you get a lot of artists who rather pay for views and streams and instead of just doing the hard work when they talented enough to get there over time and where it really has value versus them just looking a certain way. Uh, there's a lot of artists today who may like the numbers look good, but they can't sell 10 shirts or they can't sell 10 tickets to a show. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And there's the artists that maybe don't have the hugest followings, but when they, every time they do a show, it's sold out in their, in their city or whatever. 
So to me, that's, yeah, I come across those guys all the time and I stay far away from those guys because there ain't no convincing, you know, so, so I, keep, I keep my distance for sure. That's what's up, man. So let me ask you this. How, how, how do you feel about, because I know when, when we were young and, we, and um, I was staying in Kentucky at that time, the music game was, it wasn't, it wasn't real big. It was, it was cats that was trying to come up and, and that was doing their thing. Louisville was, Louisville was known more for, for the park scene on Sunday than it was for the music scene. Now I've seen over the years, like in the 2000s, like early 2000s, a lot of people started merging. Where do you see it going now? You know, a lot of people want to will say like, oh, this is the next Atlanta, yada, yada. I don't necessarily think that's true. I think it's still like some years away. I see more artists becoming more smarter about the business because it's a lot of young artists that I'm seeing come up and they're actually asking me kind of the right questions now nowadays versus, you know, like you was referring to artists that, you know, that, that are talented, but their ego gets in the way. Now I'm starting to run into a lot of artists who are like, kind of like how we was or when I was when I was younger, trying to figure out things and asking the right questions, finding the right mentors. Uh, it's like they really, you got a new, it's like a tiny little group of people here now that, that really want to educate themselves. You know what I'm saying? So I think the next thing for Louisville is just, you know, obviously we got Mars, you know, that's my artist. And I think she's going to be real big. I think she's going to open another door for everybody for being looked at here. Uh, a lot of people don't know. There's another artist here from Louisville, Kentucky, that signs to a major. His name is Mills. Um, and uh, I think that it's going to, I think it's just, I think we're going to be a place where, where labels start kind of paying more attention to and start plucking artists and getting uh, some artist development uh, from, from guys from here. So that's what I think. So if someone wanted to work with you, what would they do? What would that process look like? They just got to reach out. And if it's there, if I feel like it's something there that I could take to a table, then then I, I would, I would you know, work with them. There's a couple of other artists that I work with here in the city, but it's kind of more from a mentor uh, position. And uh, I just kind of tell them what they need to do and they do it cool. But, you know, sometimes you come across a talent that I'm willing to put to, to do everything for. And I know that sounds a little crazy, but... Uh, but I, I just can see when an artist has it, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I could just tell, it's like, oh, you got X, Y, Z. And usually it's like three things for me. But when I find an artist like that, I, I kind of take the lead on it. But other artists, it's like, I, I try to build with uh, a lot of these young artists I build with from a distance. But I give them game, though. I give them real life game. I answer all the questions. I don't hold, don't keep no secrets. I, I tell them, this is how we did it. Uh, this is what we did. This is the site we use. This is how much we spent for this. And you know, I share all that game. So, but I, yeah, they just got hit me up. That's all. I like that. A lot of artists aren't, aren't aware, and we we were guilty for a long time of not being aware of the business side of how things work. Mm -hmm. So I love the fact that you're giving free game. So y'all make sure y'all hit Wujun up and get that free game because <laughs> yeah. they free game. I have a question as it relates to the free game. All right. Yeah, anybody can reach out to you. And I understand, you know, having your criteria in place and artists that you're willing to go all in for versus artists that they need to show you something. Because I'm the same way. You know, you're a speaker, you're talking about you're a coach, you want to work with me. I need to see you at least putting in some work at a five, six, seven before I'm reach. I'm not reaching way down to one, two, three. Right. You know, you got to put right. work. So when I'm reaching out to you and someone comes on, I'm like, oh man, I know someone who would love what what we're reaching out to you do i'm not going to come to you and say oh i just thought of a song in the bathroom in the shower and i think it's a bang i'm gonna go reach out to Wu john <laughs> nah you need yeah. ducks in a row what are what are ducks in a row that are efficient enough 
to to reach out to you? Uh, like one thing I look for is consistency, right? Like see, find an artist who's constantly putting out content and they're staying very, very consistent with that. And it, you know, they're, they're just always putting stuff out, whether it's uh, just videos and whether it's music or whether it's just content on TikTok or whether it's content on IG or, but they're still, they're trying to stay relevant, right? That's one of the things. Consistency is a big thing for me, even when it comes to like studio and you, you always recording, you know, cause I know artists now that, I mean, know for six months and they they started at with three songs and, and now they, they got five and six months. And then I know other artists who, who had zero songs, but now they got 20. You know, I, I, I'd rather mess with the guys who got 20. So um, so that's one thing. The other thing is just being uh, able to um, be led uh, and listen. You know, that's, that's like a big thing because uh, a lot of artists, what they do, they have a bad habit of... Um, you know, uh, a lot of artists will tip, will hit you up and say, uh, I know you know a lot of stuff, come work with me, but they really just want you to do it the way that they think it should be done rather than the way that you know it should be done. So when you're trying to tell them, hey, no, you should do it like this, it's, it's always, uh, you know, it's always a debate and I'm not, I don't have time for that either, you know, not saying that I know everything, but I think I do have some, so, some sort of a track record, you know, I wouldn't go to like, uh mark zuckerberg and tell him how to run facebook you know what i'm saying i'll just that would be stupid you know so just listen i like artists who can listen and 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 apply information um and then the the third thing is just uh artists that understand uh that that they're a product and they they understand that i need to brand myself like there's certain things i need to do certain ways i need to look um and things like that. Like they understand this is a business and certain things go with that business. Uh, they're not out there trying to say like, hey, I'm, I'm who I am and the business has to conform to me. Like they understand that it don't work like that. This is a business and there's certain things that you kind of got to do to be in the business and to exist in the business. So those are kind of the three things for me that I look, that I look for for sure, that to, to be on point. Like I don't have back and forth with you about my area of expertise if you came to me for help. Hey, I was just about to say, me and my wife, we have a saying that we use when we was doing our 11-11 live show every Thursday. We always told the crowd at the beginning and at the end, hey, take what you need and leave what you don't. Yeah, facts. But you know, that comes with not having the ego for real. So that's what I've learned over time. Like, you know, like I said, I got into philosophy and I'm a huge fan of this guy named Alan Watts. That's what he preaches is like not to have an ego. And that's a sign of like not having an ego. I've been in situations where people have told me about myself. Maybe I did something wrong. I understand. I see and I adjust. I don't flip out and bug out. They're probably telling me something that's going to benefit me. But well, man, we got this game that we play with all our guests that come on here. It's a question. I'm terrible at games. <laughs> but you know what? Like you said, you're not being arrogant. You know your stuff. You're an expert in your field because you are B-O-S-S. You are a boss. So I'm a boss, right? <laughs> That's what's up. Exactly. So this question is designed for those who say that they're a boss because we don't want you to think that anybody's arrogant, but we just own our greatness. Go ahead, Sean. All right. If you're presented to make 20K, and this is the stipulations. You have to make 10K on your own, and you have to make that 10K in 10 days. Starting off with just $100, you can't borrow it from any friends or family, and you gotta use your own resources and tips uh, that, you, that you have. 
like whatever program that you might have that you can present mm-hmm. someone. Yeah, your knowledge, your yeah. skills, what you know right now in life is the only thing you have that you can use. And a hundred dollars, of course. Yes. What so what would I do to make 20k? No, 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 no. no. Hold on, right, let me finish. Let me finish. So you gotta make the 10k, and then the person that presented it to you is gonna give you another oh. on top of that 10k that you make. So what would I do? What how what would I how would I do that with that hundred dollars? That's that's your thing. How you gonna you, how you gonna you use that? Money? I mean that like I thought that's really not even a hard question though. So how you gonna was, how you gonna make the ten k in ten days? Wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Did he just say our question wasn't a hard question? He, he the first to say that. So I want to hear what he gonna say. You do understand that the challenge <clears throat> is the boss effects. 10K in 10 day challenge. You saying our challenge is not hard. That's what he said, man. No, it's, it's really look, I put it to you like this. It's not hard. If if I had a if, if I had a hundred dollars and I absolutely had to make 10k, <clears throat> right? And it and it's it's kind of a shame that I'm even saying this because I actually could apply some of these things now, but <laughs> being that being that I'm not in like a dire need to do it, uh, you know, like I I choose to be lazy, not and, and I can admit that. But yeah, uh so if I had a hundred dollars, I mean, the things that I would do, I mean, and I, and I, I may, I, the process, I know I'm not going to get the process wrong, but there's so many ways to flip products online for free. Uh, that it's, it's just, it's mind boggling that a lot of people don't get into that, whether it's uh, finding products that's uh, let's say on like, like every website, let's just say Walmart, Walmart might have a list of things that are reduced price or whatever, but you can find those things and then you can literally place those things back on like Amazon and sell them, you know what I mean? And make a profit, or you can go to yard sales or you can go buy stuff and look online to see how much these things are going for online and take those and sell them. Um, really the, the biggest thing to me is taking a hundred dollars and, and purchasing a bunch of little things and then flipping them. Uh, now, as far as making 10 K, uh, I don't think that's impossible to do that with, you know what I mean? Especially there's So like, for instance, like, I don't know if y'all even heard of, uh, there's like websites even right now that you can stream on where it's just you talking to people and stuff like that. And people award you like little, uh, I don't know what they're called, but they award you like just little, little uh, like likes and stuff like that. But on those, on those platforms, those likes and stuff are actually, you can convert those to actual money because they're actually being paid for by people who are watching those streams and things like that. So to me, yeah, there's several ways you could, you could do that. You know, there's several ways you could make, take that hundred dollars and flip it. You know, that hundred dollars could be three products that make you $175 after you flip it. You take that $175 and reinvest it. You just keep going and it just gets bigger and bigger. So, and I, and I know that for a fact, cause I know people that do that too. So, and they make a living at it. So, you know, okay. so that's what I would do. I 100% say, can say he is that, like, that is spot on. I know mm-hmm. people who like literally that is all they do. They, and the app is called live it, live it live it and you can get little tokens and coins and hands yeah <laughs> don't judge me I'm <laughs> <laughs> no but i think that's some i think that some of those things are the future too though i think that revenue model is actually the future because to be able to monetize a fan's uh awareness of you is a big thing to me especially with how everything because with artists they only make money so many ways when they're signed to labels and stuff like that, whether it's merch or whether it's, you know, touring and a lot of those things got taken away because of the pandemic. So you start realizing that these, there's like 10 other ways you could be making money as a brand. 
and uh, monetizing a fan's engagement is to me is like next level because that's I feel like that's going to become a thing one day where, you know, you know, I think that's going to become a thing. Like because you can do it on YouTube now. Uh, there's an artist who did a show. She has a decent following. She did a live. And I think YouTube has a function where you, uh, fans can pay to pin their comments to the top. And, and in one night she made 100 grand. You know, yes. and she's not like she's not like super famous. She's just well known. Yes. So. Yes. Jules, 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 yes. Jewel drops on the boss effect. This day they yeah. came Queen Kimmy. They came straight from John Woo. Hey, who John? <laughs> yeah. You know what? Don't make us do a poll, okay? We're gonna do a poll. We're gonna do a, a Woo John John Woo poll. Hey. <laughs> well, Woo man, hit him with the slogan, man. Let them know who you are. Man, listen, I'm John Wu, formerly known as Wu John, and I'm a boss. And that's, that's, it is what it is. <laughs> In full effect with his chest stuck out. Yeah. Thank you so much for stopping by the boss effect. If you are a bold, outspoken, soulful storyteller, and you know that you have a deeply powerful message because you've been through something in the world, you've been through something in life, and you know that that can probably help another person in the world, even if it's just one, we invite you to be a guest here on the boss effect. The boss effect. Yes, we're going to be right out. Do you have any last words? Nah, just for everybody to, you know, help each other, man, be supportive, show love, build, don't destroy, and uh and just and just keep looking forward. That's it. Awesome. Thank you so All much. Right. I really appreciate that. We show. definitely appreciate that here at the boss effect. So appreciate y'all. To Sean Seven and Queen Kimmy. With an IE. Thanks for tuning in to the Boss Effect Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you at it, Please leave a rating and review. Be sure to share this thing out. Share this thing out. Hey, share this thing out. Share this thing out. Tune in every Tuesday for more exciting insights and wisdom on being your own boss. And until next time, peace and blessings in both life and business. Remember, what works for us might not work for you. So take what you need and leave what you don't.